It's Valentine's Day. What is the state of your relationship with fitness? More on that coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Hey everyone, my name is Kelly and welcome back to the show. This episode is a unique one. In fact, I would say that given that we're six weeks into 2020, Valentine's Day, exactly Valentine's Day, February 14th today, this is the perfect time to perform an audit, an audit of your relationship with fitness. Because as you all know, this is around the time when very few people have been able to sustain their New Year's resolutions around fitness. They've dropped out by now, or they're on the way out. And because I use the relationship analogy a lot in my work, this is around the time of year where people are starting to divorce themselves from fitness. And part of that is because they've started really hard, they've had a lot of ambition, but They've treated fitness and success in fitness as an energy problem that if only I work harder, then things will be different. But it's not an energy problem. It's a relationship problem or more specifically, a compatibility issue. How compatible are you with the activities that you are choosing to include in your routine or even how you do them? Are you creating incompatible experiences? And so this is a perfect time of year to kind of give ourselves time to reflect and really understand how strong of a bond have you formed or are you forming with exercise. Of course, before I dive into this topic today, why not check out my Patreon, become a patron, contribute to the show if you've found the content valuable to date. That's very much appreciated. Also, you can give me a follow on Instagram at kelly.dell, that's kelly.doell, or follow the show at Happily Ever Active Show. Now, what about the state of your relationship? What are some of the signs that your relationship might be not as strong as you would like it? Well, we can look at some of the outcomes or results of that relationship, the uh, relationships that sort of fraying, which is you're not going as frequently or you're cutting your workout short because you kind of just want to get out of there, that sort of thing. Or we can look at some of the more process-oriented elements of a relationship that's sort of going sour. And that is, you don't feel like going as often. You really have to crank yourself up or pump up your tires, as I often say, to get yourself to your workout, whether that's to the gym or you know, to get your shoes on and out the house. There's feelings associated with a relationship that's starting to fray. And it doesn't mean that even if you've got a really strong relationship that you won't ever feel those things. But if you're stuck in a pattern every year where when it comes to New Year's, you set these goals, you're ambitious, you have good intentions. And this is around the time where those intentions sort of lose their energy and things start fizzling out. Then we've got ourselves a good cluster of signs that a change is necessary. And if you don't make a change, then the end result is, you know, dropout. You'll stop going, you'll stop, your, your routine will, will grind to a halt. And that's, of course, something that we're A, trying to learn from, but B, also trying to prevent. And today, 
February 14th, Valentine's Day, is one of those days that we can really use as a check-in to see what is the state of that union between you and exercise. And as I mentioned, there are some things to do with the process that really, I think, are really good indicators of the status of your relationship. One of them that I think goes understated, uh, and this is a really good reflection of a positive relationship with fitness, is that when you're not engaged in the activity, uh, let's say, for example, let's just take running because I know a lot of you out there run or are trying to run or trying to make this a regular part of your routine. In between runs, do you think about or almost daydream about running? That's a very, obviously, that's a very strong sign that your relationship with running is a really positive one. That bond is positive. That's great. By contrast, when you're not running those days in between runs, do you rarely, if ever, think about running fondly? In fact, it might even go a step further in the 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 wrong direction in that you're kind of, oh, Sunday's my run day, and you kind of dread it. That's an important sign, an important feeling as part of the process that should be telling you something about your relationship. It doesn't mean that running unto itself entirely is the thing that's the problem. It might just be how you're doing it. There's other factors involved. And I've talked about these in previous episodes before. What influences how much we look forward to exercising? And part of that is how we do it, right? Not just the activities that we choose, but how we do them. So let's not just say, you know, that we're going to write off running altogether, but let's look at that relationship a little bit more closely. And again, today is a great day to do it, or this is a great time of year to do that, to reflect. So how much you daydream positively about the thing that you're into is a really good sign. And I I always use this analogy of fitness as a relationship because the parallels are so clear. And just like when you are in a human relationship, uh, you're dating someone and you're Maybe you're not falling in love, but you're falling in like with, with someone. When you're not around them, you think about them. Well, that's something that happens in fitness too. And if you talk to any of your friends who are, you know, lifers, who there are, they've, they've fallen in love with running to follow that example or something else, they'll tell you that running or whatever their love is, is part of their consciousness on a, you know, at least a semi-regular basis because they've, they enjoy it so much. And it's not unlike having a crush on someone, right? And if you want to get a clear picture of the signs that are indicating that your relationship is sort of fraying or your relationship is not in great shape, I'll link to this in the show notes, but download the 10 things that are killing your motivation to move. Download that document. Again, it's in the show notes. And take a look at how many of those 10 things um, you're experiencing right now. And doesn't mean that if you've got one or two that you're in major trouble, but if you're checking a lot of the boxes, if, for example, you don't ever daydream in a positive way about exercise, then you're probably headed in a certain direction that you don't want to be headed in. Um, conversely, even if you are in a strong relationship and you're very motivated, it might be good to download that document anyway, because you know, in the future, if one of these things shows up in, uh, in, in your experiences with exercise, then you will be ready for them. You'll be able to recognize them. They'll be kind of like a, a possible trigger for, for, you know, some reflection and maybe some action that, okay, 
things aren't going that well, I need to make an adjustment. So download 10 things killing your motivation to move. And that's going to get you into, I think, the headspace to to really give a proper audit of all of these things and these moving parts, especially, you know, at this time of year. So 10 things killing your motivation to move will be in the show notes. And in the end, when we look at this in the bigger picture, managing your own psychology when it comes to your relationship with exercise is probably more important now than ever because more now than ever, we've known all of the benefits of exercising, right? We know the health benefits, whether that's the benefits to our mental health or our physical health. And of course, it's totally fair, which I endorse strongly, clearly, to just exercise because it's fun, because you enjoy it, because you enjoy connecting with other people. That is a very pure, intrinsic set of motives right there. And that's terrific. And yet, if we look at the landscape, the uh, the today's fitness culture and all of the, let's call it education material out there, we're still heavily leaning towards you know, the physical execution of exercise and of fitness and, you know, how to do a squat properly, what's the proper technique, um, how to fuel our fitness journey nutritionally. There's still very little out there on how to manage the psychology of the process. And yet the psychology of the process is really the final piece or the biggest piece even that's going to help you get to where you want to go. And Really, ultimately, you want to be able to ride the wave, that motivation wave when it's going well, and even double and triple down on that wave. And at the same time, have a few tricks, have a few strategies for when things start breaking down. And this is a perfect time of year to start deploying a few tricks when things are getting hard or harder. And listen, I'm in Ottawa right now, and it's mine, I think. This morning was minus 25 degrees Celsius, minus 25. So we've got some formidable obstacles here that, you know, people might not face in other parts of the planet. So some of your obstacles will be different than mine, but it's still very important to have responses, plan B, plan C for when things get difficult. I've talked about having plan B and plan C for when things get difficult when you are participating in an event or you're being a little competitive with your fitness, like for example, running a 10K race or a half marathon or something like that. But the same can be said for having a, a plan A or plan B for when things get hard in general. So a sticky point of the year, which is again around this time. And so one of the things I want to highlight today about you know, when your motivation has started to break down is how to bounce back. And I gave a little bit of an insight into this uh, early on in the show, not today's episode, but the show in general, when I talked about disrupting the rut, how to get yourself out of the rut. And I want to revisit that a little bit here, at least one part of that episode. And one of the most useful tricks to to have in your trick bag is having a go-to activity, something that you really, really love, at least when you compare it to everything else you get up to. Uh, it's an activity that has a high enjoyment success rate and have one of those activities ready for when you have fallen into a funk. Now, it would have definitely been ideal to think about these things back in January for those of you who are into that whole resolution culture, 
But here we are. Today, we can still set up a plan B or at least get the the wheels turning, the thoughts turning about what your plan B would be, or let's not even call it a plan B here. Let's call it a go-to thing in the face of adversity that can help you reboot the energy that you need, uh, that you want, and to get back some of that momentum. A huge part of the mental side of fitness is being mentally prepared for a variety of situations. And this is just not talked about enough in uh, mainstream fitness culture, which is of course why I'm talking about it today, why I even have this show. It's why I even wrote my book. I'm trying to fill a gap in this conversation, fill that void, if you will. So when your physical activity, if we look at this from a broad perspective, when your physical activity is going through a rough stretch, that you're on a hiatus or you've just drifted off the path that you want, even if you really enjoy exercise, because this can happen for logistic reasons too, how will you respond? What is the plan? And this, as you know, is an ongoing negotiation. It's not like you're going to just use this tactic once or twice and that's it. This is going to be one of the most important negotiations or skills for the rest of your life when it comes to physical activity. And this all fits in with this, I guess, general perspective of, you know, how much effort are you giving to the mental game of sustainable fitness? As I said, it's one of the most important mental games of our lives when our health and well-being is concerned, right? How good are you at managing your relationship? How good are you at reconciling when things aren't going so well? Are you taking a type of fingers crossed approach to everything, hoping you'll figure it out? Or are you putting the best practices on your side? Because I'll say again, fitness can't be just about proper technique or setting goals. It's just not nearly enough. And that's not what makes the difference in the lives of the most loyally active people out there. That's not what my interviews said. My interviews told me over and over again that the most loyally active people have built a life around love. And I think out of all of this stuff, if we summarize all of these things, these moving parts to auditing your relationship and trying to establish or reestablish a strong motivational foothold, the question is, are you being motivated from the outside in or does your motivation come from the inside out that you feel attracted to exercise for the most part, that you can create positive exercise experiences and not just have to wait for them to magically happen. So again, check out in the show notes, 10 things killing your motivation to move. Grab that, whether you're struggling or not. And that about does it for this week. I hope you have a week of motivating movement ahead. I'm off to do a skate race with November Project tomorrow, that's Saturday. So I'm very much looking forward to doing that with my family and my daughter. I hope you have a joyful weekend ahead. And until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.